Hi everybody, Johnny Mays here. Welcome to the podcast. Good to have you aboard today on the Lord's Day. Hey, have you ever noticed the word extraordinary? Extraordinary? (laughs) Yeah, you break it down into two parts, extra and ordinary. Today I want to talk about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And God used them to bring about great victories and great testimonies. But in order to do that, he had to start with their heart. The psalmist David said, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. You know, during those times in our life when it seems we have no hope, you know what I enjoy doing? I enjoy reading the words of David. And to know David is to know that God is always present. And when you know that, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me tell you something, that's a powerful motivation. So when you spend time every day in God's Word, you're going to find joy in something for each day. Absolutely, something for each day. And one of the things I enjoy doing every day is listening to God's Word, or reading God's Word, or listening to great music. And I don't just listen to gospel music. I like to listen to some of the classics. And one of my favorite performers is a man by the name of James Taylor. I'm sure you know his music. Well, he recently had a concert, and in this concert, he performed this song, The Secret of Life. Interesting title, isn't it? And the first line of this song says... The secret of life is enjoying the passing of time. And you know, in many ways, this is so true. Because the secret of life is all about enjoying life. Enjoying the people and things around us. But I want to just expand on that just a bit. Because I believe that the true secret of life is not only enjoying life, but knowing where we will be when it's all been said and done. In fact, that's how you really can enjoy the passage of time, having a full assurance of where you will spend eternity. And a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, as you know and as I know, and that's what we preach, secures our everlasting eternity with him. So before we leave this rather short time here on this earth, we should enjoy every day that God has given each of us. And another thing, when I consider David, I also discover, like the stories from his boyhood, how did he live? Very ordinarily. As a quiet shepherd boy, he was just an ordinary shepherd doing his father's bidding out there, watching and tending to the sheep. But then when he came into his adulthood, we know that he had a call and he became a mighty king doing extraordinary things. Saul could boast of his thousands, but David could boast of his ten thousands. Talking about victories. You know, as humans, as we are, a man after God's own heart really says something. It says that David had an amazing life. And that life is the life that God used to provide for all of us an example. And in Psalms 51, these words were penned by David at a time of his life when he was at his lowest point, when he didn't feel close to God at all, when he felt almost 
as you might say, separated from God. Because in this passage in the Old Testament, it speaks of this man, David, this king, this once shepherd, in his bid for repentance and asking for God's forgiveness. A man from sin. That's right, sin. Uh, we're all familiar with it. And this psalm, Psalm 51, was written after David's encounter with Bathsheba. Amen. And then, add to that, his directive to have her husband, Uriah, murdered on the front lines of battle. And it's just one of these penitent prayers of psalms that David, to David's credit, that he finally recognized how horrendous that his sin was against God. Amen. And, and, and he blamed no one. This is what's important to see. He blamed no one but himself. And he asked for God's forgiveness. And guess what? God forgave him because God does that. God still forgives today. In fact, the Bible said he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which is what David asked for. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen? Amen. Renew a right spirit within me. A steadfast spirit is a good translation. And he said, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What a beautiful prayer. You see, David was indeed a man after God's own heart. But what I want to focus on for the next few minutes is another time that David felt separated from God. And that was toward the end of his life. You would think that David would have learned, but age alone is no guarantee of maturity, my friend, or freedom from error. In fact, according to one preacher, as he talked about Elihu, as Elihu said to Job, Amen. The experts have no corner on wisdom. Getting old doesn't guarantee good sense. Think about that for a minute. In this life, it would be wonderful if as we grow older, you know what I'm talking about, we would automatically grow up or that the longer we walk with the Lord, the more we are guaranteed immunity from sin. But how many have found out that's not necessarily the case? Will we ever be immune? No, we will never be immune from sin's appeal. Often those who fall the hardest are those who have walked with God the longest. We've seen some pretty sad cases, uh, you know, uh, on television, some of these uh, great men of God who've fallen short. And it's nothing for us to boast about because, you know, it could be either one of us. In fact, in the book of Second Samuel 24, there's, and it's parallel passage, if you want to read those in First Chronicles 21, what we're given is a vivid account of a tragic example of this when David was consumed with his own accomplishments and because of that, he was pushing God aside. The event probably took place on the heels of a war between Israel and her old enemy, the Philistines. And David's first battle was against the Philistines is the classic account when he faced Goliath. You remember that? He was victorious in that battle as well. And after victory, David was most vulnerable. And the same is true in our lives today. You know when you're going to be weakest? is right after your victory. We get very vulnerable because we get very proud. 
and pride comes before the fall. Don't ever forget that, dear saints. So when things are going really well, you know what we tend to do? We tend to reflect on what we have done. Amen. And David did the same thing. In fact, to, to add to that, he said, I want to know just how many we have in this land from Dan to Beersheba, from the north to the south and all of Israel. What did he want to know that for? He wanted to know the strength of his army. In other words, his motive was pride. He wanted to see how big his land really was, how vast his kingdom was, how impressive his army was. Sounds pretty self-serving, doesn't it? Well, let me tell you something. That's when you can really find yourself in, in trouble, when you start looking at the things around you and counting them as you know your crowns and your victories. So during those times in our lives, when it seems we have no hope, and that will come sometimes. Well, we can read the words of David to know that God is always present. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In fact, just go back and read over those stories of David in Israel, and you can read how troubled David's heart was and how he was consumed with guilt. But guess what prevailed? God's forgiveness prevailed. David prayed for a clean heart. And you know, the life of David had this enormous effect because, see, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And David's life and his testimony uh, would touch the life of yet another man uh, spreading, who was responsible for spreading the gospel. I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had a troubled heart with troubled past, a heart filled with guilt and shame because of how he had treated God's people. And Paul preached all over the world, that world of his, and he preached in modern Turkey, in Antioch and Pisidia, if you remember that passage in Paul's books. The leader of the synagogue asked Paul to give them a word of exhortation, and Paul gives them Egypt's rich history from Egypt's exodus to Christ's resurrection. And one of the things Paul said he had to say about David, he said, God raised up for them David as a king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man, after my own heart, who will do all my will. So from this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior. This is what Paul is telling people. Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Another very ordinary person as far as the world is concerned. Uh, raised in Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> That's what was said of it. Uh, raises a carpenter's son, just a, a humble, a humble, a carpenter, a businessman. And guess what? God raised him up. God raised up Jesus. God raised up Paul. God raised up David. God raised up Moses. Amen. Or, ordinary people doing extraordinary things, extraordinary things. Well, the great preacher D.L. Moody once said that Moses spent 40 years thinking that he was somebody and then another 40 years learning that he was a nobody and 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. God uses ordinary people, my friends, to reveal his plan. And God used an ordinary bush to get the attention of this ordinary man. So today, I want you to think about it. How God transformed uh, ordinary shepherd into a nation of, of those whom God looked as as his people. Today, God's looking at you, wherever you may live, wherever you may abide, 
whatever you may be doing. God's looking at you. He knows your life. He knows you're one of the great unknowns that he wants to raise up a man to do his bidding, uh, to accomplish his purposes, to perform his destiny in the earth. You know why, who he's going to use to do that? He's going to use you, my dear extraordinary friend. God's going to use you. That's right. God is going to use you. Just lend yourself to God. Amen. Give your life to him and let him structure your life in a way that you will grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and put on this great anointing that the Lord has for you today. I just want to just encourage you today to know that. Be, pray like David prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Amen. Yes, create in me a clean heart. Go before me. Amen. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Anoint my head with oil till my cup runs over. Today, I want to encourage you to do and be ready to do extraordinary things, extraordinary things for our King of kings and Lord of lords, our Redeemer and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, until next time, this is Brother Johnny saying, I hope you have a good Lord's Day. Abide in peace. Amen. Abide in joy. Continue to pray for me if you don't mind. I appreciate your prayers and prayers from my beautiful Miss Judy. And just continue to help her and, and uh, our lovely family and friends. I love you all. God bless you. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And God will do extraordinary things. Extraordinary things in your life, my dear friends. God bless you today.